0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha, Episode 3 Peeps. Today was kind of a crazy day for Anna. I went down, and both of my bikes have decided to malfunction at the same time. I mean, it's one thing to have one bike malfunction, but then my backup bike decided to malfunction, and... I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I took my, I had some biking boots which I was taking to the shop, and I found out that those are not really worth repairing. So, but you know what? I had a lovely walk this morning, and I came home and I was absolutely famished. So I was like, I have to, have, I have to have toast with peanut butter and jelly, and I need chicken mac and cheese. So I got all that, and I sat down and watched, hometown cha 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 episode three because today. It's the last holiday of Sukkot, the last day of the holiday, and it is a day of rest, which for me means I'm not working, I'm not dealing with my bug infestation, I'm just being. I might go in and spray it again with alcohol, but that's for another time and another moment, but I'm just saying, right now. I'm at peace, and I decided to watch Hometown Cha 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 episode 3. In this episode, Hie Jin decides she wants to go to a wedding in Seoul for a dentist who is quite up in society, and also to prove to everyone in Seoul that she has indeed made a success of herself in Ganjin. So anyway, she gets ready to go to Seoul, and she decides to order like, tons and tons of clothes because she is not sure what she should wear. She ends up wearing an outfit that honestly I thought was kind of weird because the the red and the pink were stark contrast to one another. Maybe it's a popular tone thing in Asia I'm not sure or Korea in particular because I haven't seen it in other Asian country styles so I'm like this is kind of weird but anyway, she settles on her pink shirt, her red pants gets ready to go, and lo and behold, she walks out her door to find Dusik, our chief, standing there in a very nice shirt and very nice dress pants, and she's going, why are you here, Dusik, and what are you wearing, because you never wear nice clothes, and he goes, well, you told me you were going to Seoul, so I thought I could come to Seoul with three of these ladies here in town who also need to go to Seoul to help their daughter with her kids, take some marinated crab meat, and do one other thing. I can't remember what it was. So anyway, she loads up in the call, begrudgingly, with the three ladies in the back, Ju sick in the front with her, and they go to Seoul. And that is a very long journey because they have to constantly stop at rest stops because The women often have to stop and run to the restroom. Dusik has to go get treats at the rest stop because he likes the food there. They have to buy music that they can listen to on the way. It's just... It's it's absolute mayhem, and it's like, you know what, if you are the kind of person that enjoys absolute mayhem, it's awesome. If you aren't, it would drive you up a wall, which, unfortunately, Hia Jin is in the latter part. So anyway, she gets the women to Seoul with Dusik. she drops the ladies off, she drops Du Sik off, who you find out is going to a psychiatrist's office. Um, because of most likely mental health issues that he's dealing with. But you don't know what they are at this point. He also leaves his phone in Hyojin's car. Hyojin goes to the wedding. It's basically kind of a, what we would call in the Midwest where I grew up a cat fight of women who think that they are better than everyone else comparing one another it's really annoying. I never like those kind of convos. But anyway, she has those convos. She basically puts everyone down in their place because she says, you know what? You think I'm weird for living out in the boondocks, but I have a really good practice. People are coming in. I'm fully booked usually. And you know, they're asking for more people to basically move to the country because there's, 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 a market there. There's a way to make it successful. So you don't have any reason to look down your nose at me. She then leaves the wedding dinner, um, goes out of the building and sees that the bride and groom are getting ready to go off. And she's just kind of standing there because she's watching the mother tell her daughter goodbye as she gets into the wedding vehicle. And I think it's because he had lost her mom. She's sitting there kind of going, that's what my mom would have done if I had gotten married but my mom is gone so that will never happen and as she's doing that Dusik comes up and he doesn't really say hello at first he just kind of watches her because he's going why is she watching the wedding party what is going on and I think that's my favorite thing about Dusik is he's very good at quietly observing people and just sitting there and going what's going on with them what could be bothering them that they're doing x instead of like a lot of people will sit there and go well they just do x but it's most important I think to know why people are doing x so what could be leading them to have that happen so anyway she um, sees you sick and she goes what are you doing here I don't want people to think we're a couple um, he says well I, I need my hand upon my hand, my cell phone and she goes well Okay, so she basically grabs him so that her friends don't see him because she doesn't want to think that she's dating him. And she drags him to the car, gets him his handphone, or his cell phone, and she um, ends up driving him back to um, Ganjin. He ends up conking out, and um, that's kind of what happens on the trip. But there is a neat moment where... Hyojin thinks that Suk is asleep and instead he is kind of asleep but he wakes up enough because she realizes that his head is sore because he tips it forward when he's sleeping in the car so she pushes his seat back and tips it back so his head falls back instead so his neck will not get sore and she just kind of looks at him as well and goes you need so much help basically. And um Jisook looks up and goes, huh, she's smiling. She normally looks like she hates me. <laughs> but anyway, so that's kind of what happens. She drops him back um, because there is an emergency because people are littering and they haven't put up cameras like they're supposed to. So what happens is um, in the t- community, Suk and the landlady of Hiajin, who also runs a fish restaurant, march up to City Hall. Because the woman who runs the fish um, restaurant is actually the ex-wife of the person who is supposed to put up the cameras and has been saying he was going to for months and didn't. So, Ji-suk and this lady march up and they say you know what we're going to open this trash in front of you so we can catch the culprit and maybe just maybe you'll put up those cameras and he says no i will go to the mayor today i will get you the cameras that you want the specific models and so they they get the cameras installed very promptly at the same time she also gives him her ex-husband some cucumber kimchi because he likes it and there is a very kind of bittersweet scene in this episode where the ex-wife and husband are sitting there at the table with their young son who's nine years old celebrating his birthday and their son looks at them and he goes the son off it kind of reminds me of if d sick was a kid what he would have been like because the little boy looks at his two parents and he goes you know um, I really want to thank you for the book and the blocks, even though he doesn't really use toys because his dad got him the best blocks they had. And he says, I-, I really do appreciate you doing this for my birthday. But next year, we don't have to eat together because you and mom are divorced. And I know it's basically uncomfortable for you two. And both his parents are kind of like, oh, our son doesn't need us to eat together and they really don't know what to do with that I think it's kind of interesting because they sit there and go um um and anyway they have this kind of awkward moment but as they finish the um the son they say well you want to have your cake and he says no we need to eat the meal first because he's a very very Everything has to be done a certain way for him. And they said, okay, we'll we'll eat food first. But as they're eating food, the ex-husband tells his ex-wife, he says, I do sometimes crave your cucumber kimchi. And I think that's kind of funny because as she takes it to the, um, she goes to see y'all with the trash. um, When he installs the camera, she gives him some cucumber (laughs) kimchi. And I'm like, this is an awkward relationship. I don't know. It's like, they're just kind of a weird couple. But I'm like, I think... In many ways, they do care about each other. It's just they annoy the hell out of each other as well, so it, it makes things awkward. But I hope they kind of get back together so they they, they can just find that one special person they're supposed to annoy for the rest of their life. I've met a few couples, that that seems to work for them. I'm not sure why, but, you know, whatever works. So anyway, but at the end of this episode, we have a kind of hilarious scene where um, Dusik comes over because actually I'm going to go back here a little bit. There is a older woman there in the village named Gamri. She's named after a part of their Korean flag and she has really bad teeth issues. So Dusik actually loads her up on his back, forces her to go into the dentist. Um, Hyojin says you do have to have a couple implants because those teeth are really bad, and the rest of your teeth are going to be okay, but those teeth are not okay. And you could get them pulled, but that can lead to you know, it could even lead to death, depending on how things go, so we really do need to try to do the implants, if possible, or dentures, but implants are better. Well, Gamri doesn't want to spend the money on the implants, and she walks out in a huff, and Jin gets in a huff, and Jin is really, again, just rude as hell, but the thing is, is later on in the story, this episode, you kind of find out why Hyojin is upset, because Dusik kind of calls her out on it. He he goes to Gamre. He says, I'm happy to pay for your teeth to be fixed. That way you don't have to ask your son for the money. And she will not hear about it because she's like, I, I don't want to ask my son. I don't want you giving me the money either. Uh, da, 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 da. da. But anyway, Dusik calls Hiajin, and she says, you know what? I want you to fix Gamri's teeth. I will pay for the process. I just want you to tell her that you either are using a different method or it's discounted. And Hiajin goes, I'm not going to lie to Gamri. That's not fair to her. And If she wants to be a good parent, I know she's worried that being a good parent means that you don't spend money on your teeth. But being a good parent actually means that you stay as healthy as possible so you can be there for your kids and your family. And it's at that point that Dusek's like, ah, this is why we hit a rub with Hiyajit. Because he realizes that the reason that Hiajin is so mad and so rude to Gamri about not getting her teeth fixed is because Hia Jin's mom didn't take care of herself, and because of that, she died when Hiajin was very, very young. Hiajin had to see that, and it left a very big impression. And I think the thing is, is I've met some parents who I I totally, I mean, this is one point where I do not agree with Hia Jin and how she approaches things. But I think that one of the things that as a parent, you have to do is you have to take care of yourself. Yes, it's important to take care of the kids. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, that's just a natural thing. You have to take care of your kids. They're your kids. It's just, it's the thing that you do, but the thing I think that a lot of people forget is that part of taking care of your kids that is maybe the most integral part, because if you don't do it, you're not going to be there to take care of the kids, is you have to take care of yourself, and I think even though Hia Jin went about things the most awful way she could, I mean, she really does like it stuff, she really does. Didn't do it to be rude. She did it because she was like, I do not want another person to die and leave their family early like my mom did. And it's at that point that Dusik sits there after he has this conversation with Eugenie, and goes, Ah, this is why she's so mad. And I think that's kind of an interesting scene when he's sitting there on the pier going, You know what? She might be being what we would call. It rhymes with titchy. You can think of what I'm thinking, peeps. We're trying to keep this kid friendly, but she really was quite chalta um, chalta titch, as they say Ramda Banda jodi." So anyway, um, but Dusik realizes that she did not do it to be mean. She did it because she saw what happened with her mom. And it's later on that... Heijing goes to Gamry, and she has dinner with her and she talks to her and she says, you know what, because Gamri talked to her son and her son said, well, I've been reading about the implants. They can go negative. I think you should just get dentures, but can we wait a year because my daughter's in school in the States and it's expensive. And his mom says, you know what? You don't need to worry about this, son. I've got it. And which means she doesn't have it. She's not getting her teeth fixed. But what happens is he, comes over to Gamri's house. And she says, Gamri, I can fix your teeth for costs. You will need to pay me for the materials, but I will do the labor for free. That will significantly reduce the expense. And you should be able to afford it then. And that way you can eat squid like you like and you can enjoy food and you can live well as you age into your later years better. And Gamry does accept it. I think it's In these moments in this, I think people who might have a conflict, they might have a misunderstanding, but when they're able to sit together, enjoy a meal, talk things out or sit there and go, oh, she's really mad because her mom died and she saw what it could cost you if you didn't take care of yourself. I think it's in those moments that this story is kind of cool. I mean, overall, I have to say that so far, I really do enjoy the storyline. The only thing that I find extremely annoying is the typical K-drama romance scenes. I mean, I don't mean it bad peeps, but I'm like, number one, there's a scene like in episode two, I think, where, um, Jin falls on a rock and, um, sick grabs her in this embrace because he's just trying to keep her from hitting her head on the rock. But anyway, they have this like pause. I'm like, you know, in real life, Hyojin would not be wearing those stupid shoes on the rock. And in real life, she would be quite capable of catching herself or having someone just give her an arm to, you know, grab so she doesn't fall. But I don't mean it word. I find those things intensely annoying in K-dramas. I, I don't mean it word. I'm like, we are not damsels in distress. We are quite capable of taking care of ourselves usually. And not granted, we appreciate some help sometimes. But it's like, women do not need to... Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just annoying. So anyway, I do not like those cheesy moments, but I do like the storyline. I do like how it's about a small town. Um, It kind of reminds me of like a Korean version of Hamish Macbeth from the 1990s. If anyone saw that, it was kind of cheesy too, but it had a nice vibe to it. It had a neat aura with the... The older generation that was in it that was portrayed, I really like that aspect of it. And in the same way, I like this K-drama for the same reasons. Because it's got that kind of anachronistic vibe, which I think is kind of cool. At the end of this episode... Hia Jin loses power at her house and gets kind of freaked out. Dusik comes over to see what's wrong with the power. Um, He realizes that she is scared of being in the dark. So he says, you know what? If you're scared of being in the dark, Hia Jin, I can stay here till your friend gets back. Um, It's perfectly fine. And so she says, well, I have ice cream. And if we don't eat the ice cream, it will melt in the freezer. And that would be a waste. And so they're sitting there eating eating ice pops. <laughs> and at the end of their eating of the ice pops, Deucey gets up and he grabs a couple of napkins. He wipes up his ice pop. He then grabs a b- water of napkins. He wraps them around the bottom of her popsicle because I guess no one taught her that you put, you know, napkins under your popsicle so it doesn't drip onto your pillow that you're sitting next to. So he gets that fixed and he says, also, I want you to go check your fuse box once I leave. And she goes and checks her fuse box and her missing shoes that cost like 20 million won or whatever. Um, both of them are there because when he was fishing at night one night, he found her other shoe had washed up on the shore on a log. And so he, he dried it out, took care of it as best he could. And then he put it in her fuse box. My pushing cat fell. Oh no. Okay, there we go. Um, but this scene was one of my favorites. I love it because her electricity turns back on and she's standing there in her shoes, which are very expensive, and her kind of muck about jammies. And she's just waving her feet like, oh, I got my shoes back. <laughs> and just sitting there going, this woman is crazy, but she certainly is entertaining. <laughs> And I don't know why, but I think it's in these, I think this moment when the lights come on and she's got her shoes and she's so happy. It's these quiet moments in the K-dramas that I think they do really well. It's like these little sparks in our lives that we have these moments where it's not necessarily these grand moments of great decision. But it's these moments that are quite quiet, these moments that are just kind of there that we remember, if that makes sense. And I think that's the thing I like most about the K-dramas. It's kind of like romance as a bonus book is one I really think has a lot of those moments that they're quiet. They're not really those, those grandiose ones. It's the It's the more... It's the one that you kind of go back to and kind of roll over in your mind like a touchstone, if that makes sense. But that is my review of Home Tone Cha-Cha Episode 3. Check it at the round table. Bye!